I'm going to go ahead and preach for just a moment. Uh, so if you'll just remain standing, if you would, and turn with me to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. And, uh, we're just going to try to follow where the Holy Spirit leads here this morning. You heard, you heard the voice of the Lord. You heard the prophetic voice of the Lord just a moment ago. And it just, it just dovetails right into what I want to feel like that the Lord's laid on my heart today. So turn with me, if you would, to Genesis 1, chapter 1, verse 1. While you're doing that, just in case we don't get to announcements, if you're going to the Senior Summit tomorrow morning, we're leaving from the church here at 7.30. So if you're, uh, if you're going to that, be sure to be here by 7.30. Be here a little early so we can get you loaded up. We can be on the road by 7.30. So if you're going to the Senior Summit, we're leaving in the morning at 7.30. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. There we go. Heavenly Father, thank you, Almighty God, for the opportunity to preach your word. Lord God, I pray for the next few minutes, O oh God, that you would lead us and guide us, Father, to follow the leading of your Holy Spirit, God. Lord, may I not speak to this congregation, Lord God, to ears that won't hear, Lord God, but may I speak to spirits that are open and receptive, Father. Thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity to be in church today, God. Bless this congregation and bless the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May you may be seated. When God comes into our life, we find our spirit man is void. We find our spirit man is, is without form. It's void. It's empty. Those words in the original language, without form and void, is tohu wabohu, which means that it is totally unable to sustain life. There is nothing in there that can, that can produce life. It's dead, twice dead, plucked up by the roots, dead spiritually, dead physically, everything about you before Jesus comes in is dead. You are a fleshly man. You're following the, your mind, your will, and your emotions follow strictly what your senses tell you to do. Your senses man, your, your fleshly man, he simply prompts you to, to do things, to say this, to do that, to be a part of this, to deny this, and, you, and you're strictly working constantly to fulfill the lust of your flesh because that's what's driving your soul is the lust of your flesh. So you get caught up in alcoholism and pornography and, and witchcraft and complaining and, and bickering and, and emulation and wrath and holding grudges and being angry and being unforgiving and without mercy and, and all of those things that have to do with the lust of the flesh. Because it's the flesh that's in charge of your spirit, of your soul. And that flesh, it simply does things it wants to do and the soul follows. You are without form and you're void. Every man is void. There's something inside of you that says, I'm empty. I'm not fulfilled. And I'm trying to fill it with everything in the world. You're trying to, some people try to fill it with travel and vacations and going all the time and being a part of, of things that just get wilder and wilder. Some people try to fill it with thrills and, and try to fill it with, with things that the Bible calls surfeiting. And surfeiting simply means doing things to such an extreme that you put yourself in danger, like taking a perfectly good motorcycle.
motorcycle and turning it over and over and over three times and trying to land on the wheels again and breaking your back and breaking your legs and breaking your arms in the process, that's surfeiting. Why do you do that? To fulfill a thrill. To fulfill a lust of the flesh. Because you're void and without form and you're empty on the inside and something needs to fill that hole because God made you with a hole. You've got a hole that only Jesus Christ can fill. He's hallelujah. There we go. You've got a hole that only Jesus Christ can fill because only He, God says that every man is born with a measure of faith. Every man has a measure to know that there's something not right in his spirit and the only way to get it right is to find Jesus Christ and to make Him the Lord of your life without Jesus Jesus Christ, everything is empty. Solomon said everything was with everything was void. Everything was a what do you call it? A vapor. Everything is, is is senseless. It makes no sense. It doesn't matter if it's money or women or men or fame or fortune. When you get to the end of it, it's like sand in your hand. It doesn't mean anything. It simply runs through your hand. Solomon says the only thing that makes any sense is serving God. Says that the light comprehended that the, the, the light, the light, comp oh man, 
did not. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. The light shone in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. That's right. Amen. Light can shine, and you can choose not to comprehend it. Light can shine, and you can choose not to comprehend it. You can, you can choose to keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. You can choose to not move out of your seat. You can choose to not lift your hands. You can choose to not worship. You can choose to, to, to be a part of every. You can choose to keep scrolling on your phone. You can choose to get up and have to go to the bathroom. When the Spirit of the Lord moves, I'm always amazed at how weak people's bladders become. Especially during an altar service when the Holy Spirit is dealing with men's hearts. I'm amazed at how weak people's bladders are. Suddenly that door back there, I need to put a revolving door on so it won't make up so much noise when it's open and it closes. Because the Spirit is shining and moving upon the waters. The Spirit is shining light into the darkness. But you can choose to not comprehend it. You can choose to not respond. You can choose to put up a wall. You can choose to say, well, I, I don't want to do that. I might be embarrassed. I don't want to do that. Somebody might say something. I, I'm, I'm afraid to be a part of that. I don't want anybody to think I'm getting crazy. I want to tell you, when you're in the world, you don't mind that people think you're crazy. So most people, when they're in the world, they want to go as hard and as fast as they can go for as long as they can go. But somehow, whenever we get in church, we're afraid somebody's going to say something. I want to tell you something. The only, only person I'm afraid of what they're going to say is whenever I stand before the, yes. the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And if he don't say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, then I, I don't want to be there. That's because right. I want to do good while I'm here. Amen. I want to let that light that's shining in the darkness, I want to let it, I want to comprehend it. I want to receive it. I want to do whatever he says to do. It, Amen. You know, last Amen. Sunday night there was a there was a call, something about I can't remember what it was now, but it was like it was like if you're if you're away from the Lord and if you if you if you need to get yourself right with God, it was something like that. Last Sunday night, you don't remember that? I don't, I don't remember what the call was, but it was it was something like that. I was standing right here, and the Holy Spirit said, "Go up front and stand at the front and put your hands up." I said, "Lord, that ain't me." What's people going to say if the preacher comes up there and stands for an altar call if you're away from the Lord? What's the, what's the people going to think? He said, again, very gently, go to the front. Put your toes right here. Put your hands. Keep up with him. And I was the only one that came down. I was the only one down here. And before long, somebody came I don't remember who it was now, but somebody came and put their hand up and was praying with me. And I said, oh, God, I think I'm back soon. <laughs> yes. My condition wasn't as important as my obedience. That's right. My condition was not as important as my obedience. That's right, amen. The light was shining in my world. And it was up to me whether I was going to comprehend that light and make a move. The Spirit was moving on my waters. And it was going to make a difference to the Lord whether or not I allowed that Spirit to move. Didn't, didn't the next thing that happened, did it say that God said, let there be light? And there was light? 
You see, if you don't obey the movement of the Holy Spirit, you'll never see that light. I said, if you don't obey the movements of the Holy Spirit, if you don't listen when the Holy Spirit's telling you to move, if you're not a part of what God is doing and moving on your heart to do, I'm telling you, you can sit right there in that pew, you can deny, you can say, well, I'm not going to the front, I'm not going to lift my hands, I don't want to be a spectacle, I'm not going to do all that, I'll just do it this way, I'll just do it that way, and halfway serve the Lord, and I'm going to tell you, when the trumpet sounds, I fear for your soul. Because he said, if you don't love me with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength, then you don't love me. And if we're not willing to do what the Holy Spirit moves upon our heart to do, if we're just going to sit there and not be involved whenever we feel the Holy Spirit moving and we know it's the Holy Spirit and He asks us to come up here and lay our hand on somebody and pray and somehow you think that there's going to be a lightning bolt and, 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 you, and God's going to put words in your mouth and you're going to speak some kind of swelling great thing and all you do is pray a few prayers and go and sit down and say, well, I know what that was all about. It was about obedience. Amen. It was about being responsive. <laughs> When the Holy Spirit tries to get you to respond, when the Spirit moves on the water, He won't rest on you unless you allow that dove to rest on you. Amen. You can rebuke, you can rebel against God, you can put your hands over your eyes, you can refuse to see the light, you can refuse to do what He's asking you to do. Amen. Amen. Come on. And there will be no light. God didn't say let there be light until the Holy Spirit started moving over the waters. Until he started moving over those waters and stirring over those waters. The earth is set in a dormant state for a really long time. Everything in it was dead. Everything in it was dead. There was no plant life. There was no animal life. There was no life in it at all. It was dead. Tohu wa bohu. Desolate. No chance of ever doing anything better. And when God comes to us, that's where we are. But when he saves us and changes us and begins to deal with our heart, then whenever he begins to move upon us, we have to be willing to respond. There's got to come rest on us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. And he rests on us. As saved people with Jesus Christ living in our heart, if He rests on us, but we won't respond to what He's asking us to do, then there'll be no light. There'll be no light. Jesus said he is the light of the world. Yes. If any man come in him, he won't walk in darkness anymore. But he'll walk in the light. Jesus. And if we're in the light as he's in the light, then we're walking in fellowship with him. Yes. We, we, we can choose that. I guess my, my point today, because I, I look out across this congregation and I, I know, I know all of you. I know you. I, I know I know you come to church here. I know the Lord's moved in your heart. I, I know you're saved. I, I, know, I know those things. But I think the Lord this morning is telling us that there's a there's a deeper walk and a deeper relationship that we want that, that He wants us to go into. Yes, yes. He said this morning that His Spirit was moving over us. Yes. But
But you know what? If we're going to let the Spirit move over us, if we're going to be, be a part of what His light is doing, then we have to learn to be obedient to what the Lord gives us to do. Amen. And if the Lord, Lord prompts you, if the Lord prompts you that you need to do something, then the only way that light's going to shine in your life like you want to is to be obedient to that Spirit as it moves upon the waters. You can grieve the Spirit and cause yourself to miss out on your promise. You can grieve the Spirit and cause you to miss out on your blessing. You can grieve the Spirit and cause you to, to make church just a dull thing. You can grieve the Spirit. You know, the, the children of Israel, they received Ten Commandments. But they couldn't live the Ten Commandments. And so what they did there is they rejected their relationship with God. God said, I'll, I'll come in and be among you. I'll walk among you. I'll move among your camp. And all I'm asking you to do is to take care of these Ten Commandments. And they couldn't do the Ten Commandments. They worshipped idols. They did everything else in the world. They didn't honor the Sabbath day. God had to stone a few of them to try to even convince them that he was serious. They couldn't honor the Ten Commandments. And they rejected God. Then God, about 6,000, 4,000 years later, sent Jesus to the earth, and Jesus came to the earth, and he began to be the Father walking upon the earth. Jesus said to me, if you've seen me, you've seen my Father. And so for 33 years, basically about four years of ministry, Jesus walked upon the earth, and he was the Father with flesh on, and they rejected Jesus. Amen. And then about 40 days after that, about 50 days after that, God sent the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, and they began to move under the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And, and in about Acts chapter 21, we find that Paul comes back from a missionary trip. He's full of the power of God. He's full of the Holy Spirit. But when he gets in the temple, they kick him out of the temple. They arrest him. They, they give him to the Romans. And the Bible says that the door to the temple was closed. And Paul at the end of the book, at the end of Romans, he said, at the end of Acts, he says, I go to the Gentiles because you won't listen. So they rejected the Father, they rejected the Son, and they rejected the Holy Spirit, and God shut the door on them. And all I'm telling you today is if you want the light of Jesus Christ to shine in your life, if you want to be blessed in the basket and the storm, if you want to be blessed and you're going in and you're going out, if you want to be the head and not the tail, if you want to be from above and not from beneath, all those things that people tell me when I say, how are you doing? If you want to do that stuff, then when the Spirit starts moving on the waters, you're going to have to let the light shine. Amen. You're going to have to respond to what God is giving. Even if it's just something as simple as lift your hands and sing with Brother Mike. Even if it's something as simple as lift your hands and sing with, with the song with the worship leader. To refuse to get involved in the worship is to refuse to be a part of Christ. The Spirit's moving over the waters, but He's not going to rest. That dove didn't rest until He found a place to put His feet. He didn't rest until He found a place to put His feet. We know He put His feet on Christ. He wouldn't put his feet on the earth as long as it was the Father. But when Jesus came, he put his feet on Christ. And he'll put his feet on everyone who's full of Christ. Amen. And that spirit and that dove will move upon the waters. He'll move upon your life. He'll move upon your soul. But just like Jesus said, he, the Son of Man has not where to lay his head. Do you remember that? The Son of Man has not where to lay his head. Does that mean he was homeless? No. 
Does that mean he was broke? No, he had a guy there that was keeping up with the money. They had a treasurer. Wasn't broke. Not that he didn't have a home. Capernaum was his home. What was Jesus saying? Jesus said, I don't have where to lay my head because I don't know where I'm going to be tonight. Why? Because when the Spirit starts moving on my waters, then I obey what God has given me to do so that the light can shine to a lost and dying world. In, in John chapter 4, it says he must needs go to Samaria. He must go to Samaria. Why? Because he got up that morning and in his prayer time, the Holy Spirit said, I want you to go through Samaria. And Jesus came out of that prayer time with a must. I must go through Samaria. Samaria wasn't a place where a Jew wanted to walk through. Samaria was a place of, 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 of disgust with the Jew. It was, a, it was a place of a mixed race. It was a place where they didn't, they didn't care to go. It was a place of unbelief. It was a place of a different religion. They, they had no, no desire to go there. But Jesus told his disciples, we're going through Samaria. Why did he make that decision? Because the Holy Spirit moved upon his waters and he said, you must go through Samaria. And in order for the light to shine in Jesus Christ, he must do what the Holy Spirit gave him to do. He needed to go through Samaria. Why? Because there was going to be a little woman at a well. Amen. Amen. He needed to go through Samaria because there was going to be a little woman at a well who had five husbands. If you notice, she was by herself. There was no other women helping her draw water. Why? Because she done stole four husbands. And the one she has now, she ain't married to. She's working on number six. But she met Jesus that morning. Why? Because he obeyed. Amen. He obeyed as the Spirit moved upon the waters. Amen. And because he did that, God was able to bring light. Amen. There you go. It took me that long of wandering around to figure out what God was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> if we'll let the Spirit move upon the waters then God will bring light to us and He will bring light to those around us. Yes. Jesus brought light to a little woman in Samaria and He caused her to know that He was the Messiah and the first thing she did was ran back into town and got all the men and they came out there and they began to, he began to preach and He began to teach and a revival broke out in Samaria. Why? Because during His prayer time that morning He said, the Holy Spirit's moved upon me and I must go through Samaria and because He moved upon what the Holy Spirit was moving upon his waters and as the Holy Spirit gave him direction because he moved he was able to bring light to Samaria and bring a revival to Samaria so that they said we believe you because of the voice of the woman but now we believe you because we know that you are the Messiah. Amen. They're not impressed by how fancy I can speak. They're not impressed by how much scripture I know. They're not impressed by how religious I can be. They're not impressed by how many times I go to church. They're not impressed by anything about me that I can do. But if the Spirit of the Lord moves upon the waters and all of a sudden I become light and they feel the power of Jesus Christ, as that light shines into their darkness, they see, they feel, they experience God, then they'll move and change their lives. You don't win people by debating them. You win people by showing them Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen.
Or you can sit on your blessed assurance. <laughs> Tell me about how it used to be. Yep. Every man I ever knew that retired. Every man I ever known that's retired. Been retired for a while. If I go and have a conversation with him, it's not too long till he's telling me how it used to be where he worked. Well, you know, we used to do it this way. You know, we used to be there. We used to do it like this. And I used to, I used to get up at four o'clock in the morning, get there an hour early. Well, okay, that's great. But now you're retired. And now what do you do? Well, get up in the morning, go to McDonald's and drink coffee with all our retired buddies. We talk about how it used to be. <laughs> they come home and wife gives me a couple of chores and I go to bed. <laughs> After taking a nap. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> what am I saying? I'm saying when the spirit starts moving on you, then you can choose to cover your eyes. Because sometimes the spirit... Sometimes the Spirit reveals hard things. Sometimes the Spirit reveals difficult stuff. Sometimes the Spirit gives you things to do that you're not interested in doing. Amen. We preached at a church, and we were interim at a church in, in, uh, in Port Natchez. I know some of you heard this story, but some of you haven't. So I need to tell it again. When I was, when I was about... 15 years old, there was a young lady I was in love with. It was before Kathy. <laughs> 14. There was a young lady I was definitely in love with. She didn't seem to like me. But she liked me. She just didn't like me. Yeah, she just, she wasn't interested in. She wasn't what? She wanted to be a friend, you know. Anyway. So we went to Astro World. She was with another guy. And over the course of the day, her and that guy had a little argument. So she rode home with me. My dad told me, he said, you better leave that girl alone. She's just going to get you in trouble. But I was in love, so I didn't listen. So we were on home together. That was it. I mean, next time I was at church, she's back to ignore me. So she just tried to get back to me. And she used me, and I let her. So I told you that story to tell you that, that, that many years after, probably more than 20 years later, probably more than, almost probably 20, probably maybe 30 years later, because I was 14, started preaching when I was almost 40. And we went to this church in New York, in Port Natchez. I was, I was around 42, 43, so about what, a long time later. We come to this church to do interim. And the Lord got to moving. And I did what I normally do. I went up to take, you know, to, to encourage the people to worship. And, and I looked and, and sitting right there where John is, is the guy that I took his girlfriend that night. Sitting right there. Hadn't seen him in 33 years. And the Holy Spirit said, go apologize to him for what you did to him 30 years ago. I said, he don't remember that. We were kids. What does he care about that? And the Holy Spirit, very, very nicely, but still very sternly said, until you make this right, I'm not anointing you. So I got the song service going again, and I walked over there, and I said, Hey, how you doing? He said, good. How are you doing? I said, I need, to, I need to do something with you. He said, what? I said, I need to apologize. He said, for 30 years ago? <laughs> oh, 
business had been that long. <laughs> I said, yeah, for 30 years ago. That was wrong with me, and I'm, I'm sorry. He said, oh, it's okay. But the Spirit was moving on my water, mm -hmm. and there wasn't going to be any light. There wasn't going to be any light till I was obedient to what God was giving me to do. Now, it took me a little while to get here, but I think we got the message now. As we worship God, if the Lord moves on your heart to weep, to lift your hands, to ask forgiveness, to give up something, to do something, then that last spirit of the Lord is moving upon your waters. And if you don't obey and listen to what the Holy Spirit said, then God will never say, let there be light in your situation. Your situation will remain dark. Because God is looking for obedience, not sacrifice. God is looking for obedience, not somebody that has a bunch of money or a bunch of talents or a bunch of gifts to give to, to Him. He's not looking for that. He, he can create those in a moment. He can take someone who, who, is, who doesn't have those gifts and He can create those things and He can give them to you. He doesn't need you to have them. All He needs you to do is to be obedient with what He's given you to do. And if you'll be obedient, then you'll find God says, let there be light and He'll shine light into your world and He'll... He'll shine light into the world around you. And I feel the Holy Spirit prompting me to tell you that the promises and the gifts that He's given to you and to this church will never come to pass until we learn to let the Holy Spirit move upon our waters and respond to what the Holy Spirit is asking us to do. Amen. We went to a minister's meeting Monday night, and I'm going to say this in closing. And praise Him if I can get you to come back for just a couple more songs maybe. But Monday night we were at the ministry meeting and, and the Lord was just was moving and it was uh, it was it was a good meeting. I, it was Holy Spirit was so strong in there, so powerful in there. But, but as I looked out across the congregation, and, and a lot of people that were there were not ministers, which praise God for that. We had about seventy people there, I think, that night. And, and a lot of you know, one, probably fifteen ministers or so. Maybe a lot more than that. I don't know how many, but we had seven people there, and, and the Holy Spirit started moving. And I looked out. I looked out across the congregation, and, and a lot of people were, were were seated. The Lord was moving. The power of God was in the house. It was it was it was you know it was powerful. But a lot of people had sat down, and, and that's fine. That, that's fine. Uh, it, I didn't it didn't bother me if they were seated, but the, but I felt like that they should stand. And we should we should uh, we should we should. Allow to give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to move. And so, you're not going to believe this, but I asked him to stand up and hold hands. Because <laughs> we were singing the song that says, When the Spirit is moving over the water, Spirit come move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. And I told him, I said, I want, you to, I want you to take hands, hold hands with your back. I want you to do that. I want you to sing this song. And whenever, whenever they begin to say, come rest on us, and when you begin to say that, I want you just to, to, to close your eyes and let the Holy Spirit rest on you. And they all stood up. And they began to sing. And I'm telling you, something beautiful started happening in that congregation. Next thing you know, it was spontaneous worship. It was spontaneous praise. The power of God started blowing back and forth across that place like a wind. 
And afterwards, this guy came up to me and he said, you know, I wanted to pray for a gentleman in front of me that had been had chronically been ill. And I wanted to pray for him. And I knew the Holy Spirit was telling me to pray for him. But, but he was seated and I didn't want to bother him and blah, 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 blah. But he said, when you had us all stand up and you said, take somebody by the hand, he said, I knew that was my opportunity. And I went and took him by the hand and God blessed him and God gave me a prayer. And I prayed over him. And I'm telling you, brother, I know God's going to heal him because I felt the healing power of God go through me into his body. And I know God's going to heal him, and I know God's going to touch him, and I know God's going to deliver him. And and I'm telling you today, that happened because when the Spirit was moving over the water, he finally responded to what the Spirit was telling him to do, and then the light shone. Amen. Stand with me this morning, if you would. We've got communion here in just a moment. But this morning. As we sing a couple more songs, if the Spirit begins to move upon your waters, then you need to respond. Whatever that response is. If you get out of order, I'll tap you on the shoulder. But I'm telling you, in 15 years, I haven't seen anybody get out of order. So I doubt you're going to be the first. So this morning, as we as we worship, tell you what, let's just praise the Lord here for just a moment. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I, I bind every every hindering spirit in this house today, Lord. Yes, Lord. Father God, I felt the pushback, Lord, as I was preaching, Father, and I just pray, Almighty God, right now that you would bind every hindering spirit, that you would bind every judgmental spirit, that you would bind every religious spirit, that you would bind everything, oh God, that would prevent the moving of the Holy Spirit upon the waters this morning. Lord God, we want the light of Jesus Christ to shine, Lord. We want the light of Jesus Christ to minister within our souls, Lord God. And Father God, I just I just bind everything that would block that. I bind every power. I bind every principality. I bind, I bind every voice. I bind everything, Almighty God, that's not of you, Lord. And I loose the power of the Holy Spirit within this congregation, Lord God, to make a difference, Lord. Father God, we came to this house today, O oh God, that we might see your light, O oh God. That we might experience you, O oh God. That we might have more of your spirit moving in our soul, God. That we might be healed. That we might be delivered. That we might be set free. That we might be saved. That we might be touched. That we might be anointed. That we might leave this house, God, full of the power of your Holy Spirit. Ready to take on a world, O oh God, for Jesus Christ. And now I pray, O oh God, every, every voice that's against that, I bind in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Every power and every principality. Hallelujah. I command clearness over the heavens in this house. I command an opening in the heavens over this house. Hallelujah. I bind the prince of the power of the air. Lord God, I thank you right now, oh God. Hallelujah. That your spirit is moving upon the waters, oh God. Moving upon the waters, God. And I pray that as we worship you, oh God, that your spirit would rest on us, oh God. That your spirit, oh God, would cause us to move in such a way, Lord, that it would produce light in our soul and light in the lives around us, oh God. Father, I give you praise, oh God, for your power. I give you praise for your anointing. And I thank you for it this morning. In Jesus' name, before your glory. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together this morning.
So this is Maddie. This morning she came to me and she felt like the Lord had laid something on her heart. So I'm going to get her to read that for you. Well, um, he was, well, that lady over there was praying in tongues and then he started sharing, uh, preaching from Genesis chapter 1. A poem started coming to me, so I wrote it down. It's called, I Am. Before the dawn of time, before the world began, before I made this earth of mine, I am. Before Adam's first sin, before Eve moved her hand, before the devil came in, I am. Before I birthed my nation, before the stars and Abraham, before I gave salvation, I am. Before my son was born, before the second Adam, before the temple's veil was torn, I am. Before Jesus ascended, before the trumps of sound, before all time has ended, I am. When the world goes through great trials, when prosperity turns to sand, never fear, keep this in mind. Always remember, I am. And um, he just says, tell my people I'm coming, and I'm coming way sooner than they think. Amen. And that they need to be ready, or they're going to miss it.
that he said when he would came, he would lead all men to Christ. He would unfold the word to you. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to make a difference in your soul. And if you have no desire to be filled and touched and moved upon by the Holy Spirit, then I would encourage you as we're singing this song to come down and say, Father, you've got to burst something inside of me. There's something not right in here. There's something not right. I'm not saying you're not saved. But I'm saying you're dying. I'm saying you're dying. And it won't be very long till you'll be able to sit on that pew and the Holy Spirit can be moving on everybody else and you won't even care. You won't even care. So, there's that. Amen. Yes, Lord. Help us, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Father. Father,
Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Jesus, 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 we love you. Praise you, Lord. Take up the cross of Christ 
and I'm going to follow him. If that's, if that's in your heart this morning, I just want you to leave down here and come and just sing this song. Sing this song while you're standing in the front. I'm going to declare that I'm going to take up my cross and follow Jesus. If you would do that this morning as we sing this last song.
For I tell you today, my children, you are two precious jewels in the sight of God. Your life, your encouragement that you shared with others, you have a reward, a reward, a reward coming to you for the lives that you've touched, for the things that you have done, for standing faithful, for standing faithful to God. You have performed things for me. You have touched lives. You have witnessed to people. And you have been faithful and found worthy of the Lord. Found worthy of the Lord. For you have trusted me. You have trusted me. And you have praised me. And you have worshipped me. I tell you two beautiful crowns of jewels right here. I tell you beautiful jewels in the sight of the Lord. You have done. You have done what I have called you to do. And you have stood the time. You have stood the time and have been faithful. And I have blessed you. I have blessed you with many years on this earth. And I tell you, you are worthy. Worthy of the Lord God Almighty. For I see my two daughters have been faithful. Been faithful to me. Have trusted me. Have worshipped me. And had led others to Christ. Through dark times, you have led others to the light. And I want you to know, I want you to know that your father has been well pleased with these two jewels. These two jewels of faith and hope and love and guidance that you have given to the lost and the dying in this world. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Woo, hallelujah, hallelujah. By the way, I, I, I just looked at, I, I see it's a, a, a quarter to one. So if you need to go, feel free to go. Uh, we'll be back here tonight at 6 o'clock. If you can stay, we'd like for you to receive communion with us. It's a, As you all know, it's an open table, so you don't have to be a member of this church to receive it. You just have to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And so uh, that's, that's all we require. So if you might communion yesterday, go ahead and come down this morning. We're going to go ahead and receive communion this morning. No rest for the weary in this place. Keep going. Amen.
been thinking about Pastor Wednesday night about all the trials that Jesus went through. When Pastor asked me to do the bread this morning, it just I started thinking about that. In Isaiah 53, the whole chapter discusses everything. 53 5 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Jesus came to die for our sins. That's what we're remembering. I'm going to give you two letters to make one little word. Then I'm going to ask you what it means to you. It. What is your it? He's been telling us all day what it is. Do you need the Holy Spirit? That's your it. Do you need a healing? That's your it. Do you need deliverance? That's your it. When he died on the cross, what's the last thing he said? It is finished. It's done. It's completed. Whatever it is that you need, he's already done. If we will follow the Holy Spirit and move when he says move, it's done. We do have to pick up that cross first. But it's already done. We don't have to do anything else except listen. Amen. So let's pray over the bread. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, as we remember what Jesus did for us on the cross. Father God, I ask that you would just reveal to each of us what our it is. Help us deal with it, deliver it, lay it down to you, Father God. That Jesus would take the place of it in our lives. That everything we do, Father God, would emanate Jesus, that others only see that light because we're willing to pick up that cross and to let the light shine. Yes, Lord. Father, we give you thanks and praise for everything you've done for us and for Jesus' body on the cross. In Jesus' name.
He's, uh, he was praying and, and getting ready to prepare himself and he told his disciples, sit you here. Well, the time is coming when we're going to have to get up. We're not going to be able to sit any longer, but we're going to have to stand and face what the trials are going to come because there will be trials and there will be tribulations. There will, we're going to, I'm going in the rapture or I'm going by the grave, one or the other. I don't care. <laughs> what I do care about is where I'm going to end up. Amen. Amen. He says, and he took with him Peter and two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy, knowing what was coming. And then he said unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death, until tarry ye here and watch with me. You can be close to me, but you can't take what I've got to give. My Father's given me something to do that you're incapable of doing. In Revelations, it talked about who is worthy. Who is worthy to open up the books? Jesus is that one that is worthy. Amen. He says, and he went a little further and he fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it be possible to let this cup be from me, cup pass from me, nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. We have a problem there because we want to do things our way and not the way of God. So are you sure, God, this is what happens? Are you sure that this is... I can tell you, if you feel God telling you to do something, when he told Pastor to come down here and put his toes next to that, it was an act of obedience, and that's what God's looking for us right now, acts of obedience. Amen. Amen. Acts of obedience brings in people to the, to the kingdom of God. Acts of obedience may be having you go in and talking to somebody and winning them over... Acts, Acts, we got to sit up or stand up and act out. He says, And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto Peter, What would ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, and ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my Father, if this cup shall pass away from me, Except I drink it, I will be done. This is not something that he just, I mean, looked forward to like he was going to be beaten, he's going to be uh, nailed to a cross, all of these things that was, was coming to pass. He was going to get the full judgment. He was going to get the full, full uh, persecution. And he did that to take it away from me and you. You know, in Hebrews 12 and 2, it says, it says, uh, for it, see, he endured the cross for the joy set before him. Yeah. That joy set before him was binding your salvation. Amen. That was what that was about. All right, let me turn over here just a second and bear with me. He said, hang on. It says, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. He says in the fifth chapter, and he says, I saw the right hand of him that sat upon the throne, 
a book written within, and the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy? Who, who is worthy to open up the book and to loose the seals thereof? I could still be lost today, but I, there was one strong enough to open up the book. There was one willing to open up the book to take the beatings, taking the scourgings, taking the being nailed to a cross that I might have salvation. That Savior still lives and is here today. He's not just some hanging on a cross by some fixture, but He is real, alive, and no longer in the tomb. And His blood washed me. It didn't just cover me, but it washed me, cleansed, cleansed me, and kept me. So this day, we drink of this wine to signify His blood. Let me go to Him in prayer. Lord, we just thank you so much for Lord, the opportunities you've given us. Lord, that you put us in places, oh God, of divine appointments. And Lord, let us not sit anymore, but let us stand and, and take our posts the way that we should be taking them, Lord. Lord, as you put your hand upon each and every one of us this afternoon, oh God, to return back. Lord, let us have our thoughts on you and, and what you've already done for us, oh God. And Lord, let us watch closely to be that watchman on the wall. In Jesus' name, amen. I gotta, uh, we gotta finish with a hymn, like a rule. <laughs> so here's an old hymn that I got going through my head, and I think I think this is the right key. <laughs> it goes like this: I'm redeemed by love divine. Oh glory, glory, Christ is mine. Oh to Him I now resign, for I have been, I have been redeemed. Direct us and bring us back to the appointed hour in Jesus' name. Amen. Scott, Scott, do you want to?